This is the One Piece Podcast, episode 617, for the week of Sunday, April 19th, 2020. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. And my name is Steve. On today's episode, we have a very special guest. He is the translator for One Piece in Weekly Shonen Jump and Manga Plus. Stephen Paul's with us. How's it going, Stephen? And my name is Stephen. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. I could <laughs> I could have just let you do that this week. Um <laughs> So we have a really great episode for you guys to fill in uh, the void. We're going to go through volume 96 with Steven here, the whole SBS, uh, all the little secret panda men, um, all, all the stuff you love uh, about Steven condensed into this volume 96 recap. Uh, let's not make let's not make some big promises we can't. No, fulfill. we're making I'm making whatever promises. Things we're in desperate times, uh, and we. We also have a double anime uh, recap that we're going to be doing with Sam, which might be the last we're doing for a while. Uh, Steven, do you want to, you know, bring yeah, some big well, bad news? Yeah. So this literally happened within the last hour as the as of the time we were recording this, that they uh, Toei announced that they are suspending uh the uh, airing of new One Piece episodes um, and some other series, I believe, as well. Um, but uh, that uh, for the time being, they will be re-airing the Wano arc from the start. I believe that's what they said is their their plan um, on the uh, you know the Japanese airwaves. Of course, uh, that doesn't mean anything to us. It just means that uh, we are on an indefinite hiatus for the time being until the situation is updated in some way or form. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows what that means right now, except that, uh, we won't be seeing any new episodes for a while. Um, and, and, a, a fan M Blewett did make a good point that it only took a global health crisis for one piece to finally go seasonal. Um, <laughs> not quite what's happening here. And, and no. also a uh, friend of the show, um, Alan, uh, said that it is good to hear for the sake of everyone working on it. That's plenty of other things. There's plenty of other things to do right now. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, as with everything, health is, is the number one priority. So I, I'm happy that if they can't work safely, which I, I'm sure is difficult, uh, in these times that they're staying at home, which is what everyone yeah. should be doing. In case uh, you, you know, people weren't aware when they dub, uh, you know, when they get the say you all of the straw hat voice actors uh, to record a new episode, they are all literally standing in a room around a series of microphones and acting together as the animation plays on a screen. So, uh, you know, <laughs> not not a lot of, uh, you know, health considerations you can make in that kind of a, a scenario. So. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me that they would they would pause on this for now. Absolutely impossible. Yeah, I mean we're up to a really really some of my favorite stuff uh, in the anime. I think uh, in the in Act Two of the Wano manga. So it's it's kind of a shame, but you know I, when when it does come, it'll they'll be able to go really fast, which is something One Piece has not been able to do in a while because they'll hopefully widen this gap. Uh, between the anime and the manga, it's a potential yeah, benefit. I mean, I, like after, especially after you guys were talking with um, uh, uh, what's his name, just the other week, uh, the guest animator 
um, not Henry, but um, uh, with Mitchell. Was that it? Yeah. Was that his yeah. name? Uh, where like he obviously, it's not like he went to a studio in Japan to do that stuff. So it almost makes you wonder, like, does that mean they'll be able to get ahead on animating stuff if if you know the the ability to work remotely still exists for them and yeah. it's just like the the voice recording that that's really taking a toll or or what you know who knows um, well like i i but, hope i'm not calling you out here steve but you're in the animation industry and and you're still and you've still been working um go ahead steve. yeah but it's on my end, it's a completely different process because Absolutely. at least uh, most artists, you know, because what we need is like a computer, you know, drawing tablet. A lot of us have those at home. And uh, so that's how I've been able to keep working. But as Stephen pointed out, the the whole the, the way they record, the, they record the voices, the way they and, record uh, the voices, they record the, the voices here. <laughs> They record the at least the uh, the Straw Hat Pirates, yeah, all in one room, which uh, isn't very common well, here I was, in uh, states. I was going to piggyback so. off of uh, Stephen's point, Steve, um, in that a lot of Steves, um, in that <laughs> it's I, I'm assuming it's still possible for them to actually get the whole episode together, except for the voices, um, it, it, for for One Piece. I mean, I don't know. I know you don't know for sure, but uh, yeah, I assume. Um, so, so my, I, I like the idea that it is possibly still. I mean, we could, we could do some investigating since, again, this literally came out less than an hour of us uh, of of right mm-hmm. now when we're recording this, so we haven't actually done any proper investigation. But it's it's possible that they're still um, animating it and still doing a lot of the production work without the voices. Um, just to, mm-hmm. to create that backlog, which would be great. And it'll, at some point, uh, you know, at some point, hopefully the animators get a bit of a reprieve, but it's also, I assume much easier for voice actors to go back and just, you know, dub through those. I, who knows? The, the, well, the I know there's a very, yeah, go ahead. We don't know what the animation staff is doing. Cause I, from what I could assume, like for the different animation studios that work on uh on one piece with the exception of people like you know mitchell who worked freelance but i i think a lot of these animation studios everyone works in-house and Mm. i don't know if they're they're doing what i had to do like they're relocating to work at home and i don't know i don't want to speak for everyone in japan but it seems like you know their apartments you know (laughs) are a lot smaller than some of ours out here so i don't know how roommate it is for them to have a an office set up to keep drawing and animating. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know. It's a, their, their process for producing an animated series might be very, very different than how a lot of animated series, uh, in the West are done. So, I, and that, I that's also true. Su- I, Go ahead. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if they're taking this time right now to think of strategy and not just say like, all right, we're not working on it, but we don't know. Just to add a just to add a a point on that, um, I was talking to um, to someone who lives in Japan the other day, 
And I, I still don't think a lot of like the social distancing and stay at home stuff has really sunk through, particularly in Tokyo, where they're that. And we discussed this, I think, in the last few weeks, where that work culture, um, like getting to work and showing up at work and making sure people know you're at work and working for long hours. I, you know, I think people are still doing that. And, and I don't think the work from home thing. Yeah, the United States has much of the same issue. You know, I don't think that's uh, really sunk in the importance of doing that yet. Uh, um, yeah, I think they're they're just starting to like this is the moment that they're all all those companies are having those discussions now. Like, well, what yeah. can we do to not to you know to reduce our reliance on in office work, or what can what you know what can we outsource to the home uh, office type of of stuff. And um, I think the so. whole thing is with animation, I'm sure most of the technology is there to work from home and most industries, you know, I mean, most industries where you're sitting at a desk, um, yeah. I think that's, that's definitely a possibility. It's just, yeah. The question is just the environment and the, the work culture, yeah. if they will allow that. Yeah. And those are two big considerations. So, I mean, we'll see mm -hmm. where things go. I think the voice acting though. I mean, I, I don't see them doing it the way like Funimation does it, where they separate them in booths and, and record that. But maybe, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's possible if they like if they feel they need to get the production back underway before this subsides. But we'll see. Yeah. Every Who everything's knows? kind of on pause. Yeah. Um, and we discussed that, you know, with the manga, we're gonna have our you know, fingers crossed that everyone can continue doing it while also remaining safe and healthy, obviously. But uh, who knows? I mean, I'm, I don't want to speculate one way or the other, but who who the hell knows? Um, so that being said, um, um, you got you mentioned what you guys were just doing. Oh yeah, thank uh, you. I was I was going to do that too. I just want to make sure there wasn't anything I was railroading. So there's a couple things we're going to try doing um, during the quarantine. I think a weekly Jackbox, um, maybe Wednesdays, but you know we'll we'll uh, cement that a little bit more. Um, so we did another Jackbox, uh, Davy Jack fights, as we're calling it, uh, directly for, I think we did, we opened it up for the public this week, but we'll normally be doing it just for patrons. Uh, so you can check that out at patreon.com slash one piece podcast. We also just recorded with glitches abound, um, our live, uh, one piece stampede commentary, uh, which hopefully will be up on Patreon, uh, within, the, within the next day or so. Um, and it will be up um, everywhere. Probably the next manga break, we'll have it on the uh, on the podcast. Um, and yeah, I hadn't seen Stampede in a while, and forgot I forgot how much of it is that fight. That it's that final <laughs> fight. <laughs> it's, it's half half of it. Um, anyway, any other any other thoughts? No, I'm good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Let's get started. Hey everyone, Zach here. Before we get started into this segment, I have a bit of bad news, and that is, uh, for for those familiar with the volume recap segment, uh, we usually have images to go along with Stephen's descriptions of the SBS, including headers or sketches that Oda may have done that you ordinarily would not be able to see. So unfortunately, the back end, the system that we use to upload uh, episodes for all of you to enjoy has been automatically converting our AAC or M4A files, which have those images into MP3 files, 
which unfortunately does not support that function. So you have two choices here. You could continue listening if you don't really mind. Uh, if, if you want to just find those on the internet somewhere, the, those are usually somewhat accessible. Uh, if not, uh, you could go to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash one piece podcast. We're going to have the full quality images for each uh, section as we usually do on YouTube. So again, youtube.com slash one piece podcast. I do want to thank our YouTube manager, Cody, for uh, helping to put all of that together. And a huge thanks to Steven uh, for putting those images together this week. As I did order the volume, it still has not made it as uh, you probably wouldn't be surprised. Uh, So without further ado, let's get into the recap here. This is the volume recap for volume 96. I am Odin. I was born to boil. And uh, Stephen going to help take us through this, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, volume 96. And uh, this was a, a big deal for Shueisha. They were talking about how they had, um, you know, they'd b- broken the record once again. Um, obviously by design uh, with the uh, first printing numbers um, what was it like, like 4.7 million copies or some, something crazy like that um, and uh, we'll, we'll see as I you know, talk about the content that we are actually I think when this came out it was within one chapter of where uh, it is in Jump um, it actually goes to the um, uh, it goes from the middle of the uh, of Rogers or of Oden's flashback, all the way to the uh, the chapter with uh, Luffy, Kid, and Law at the end, where they say, uh, "When you're at sea, you fight pirates." So it was very close to uh, wow. where the uh, where the manga was at the time. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the chapter cover uh was kind of a cool one it's it's got the obligatory luffy in the front but everyone else is from the flashback which makes sense because like i said it's all but one chapter one and a half chapters or so are uh of the flashback um and uh yeah we got some some cool colors and uh you know you got rogers there whitebeard's there uh marco's there i like um little buggy and shanks where shanks like his head is a little too small for the uh the straw hat like it looks really big on him yeah uh, I it's like kind of funny yeah um and then uh young young teach with his nasty look on his face um it's, we, uh, we it's, see uh, a lot of we see a lot of poses on this cover that aren't in the manga like with teach and the thing and and marco mm-hmm. in his in his phoenix mode and mm-hmm. really standing in the background. Oh no, wait, he does that all. But but you get it. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat one too. I kind of like. I don't know this is supposed to signify, but I I like the like two tone colors on the logo and on uh, Oda's uh, name, uh, the kanji that they. You know, he does these like sort of complementary colors with the teal and pink, and then maybe it's the, like um, past and present, like Luffy representing. Could be, the, yeah. yeah. They're, they all look like uh, starburst uh, colors, which I feel like is an observation I have made in the recent past as well. So, uh, yeah, he's really living it up with these colors. Um, and if you 
uh, take off the cover and look at the under uh, cover, we see that it's not just a buggy and shanks that are hanging out, but it's actually the uh, the three caballeros. It is buggy, shanks, and panda man, and they're all shoulder mm. over shoulder uh, hanging out. So there you go. Start your um, you know your power levels. Uh, panda man was shown to be equals with buggy and shanks. Um, well, to be fair, buggy and shanks have very different power levels. So. <laughs> Not according to this cover, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can move on to the uh, the author's comment, uh, which is a pretty silly one. It's these. Uh, so the the picture is these two guys that are uh, curled up. They're doing the nine and the six for uh, ninety six, and uh, Oda's comment is volume ninety six. If you flip it upside down, it says 69. Just kidding. It still says 96. Um, but if you <laughs> but if you flip this one over, you can flip this one over, but there's no there's no turning back from the upcoming volume 100 party. 96 begins now. Um, so there, there's two things I want to I want to ask. Um, or one thing I want to ask, one thing I want to say. Uh, first of all, is there, are there 69 jokes in Japan? Very important oh, yeah. question. Oh yeah. 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 Like, um, yeah. well they, they know what the concept is, but I don't think there's like a, you don't say nice whenever you know, <laughs> yeah, but, someone says, no, but there is a wrestler, a comedy wrestler whose gimmick is that he was the 69th junior heavyweight champion. So he gets to do, he just, just like pervert jokes. Great. Yeah. Hopefully, okay. So this right fits in. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So Oda, I'm I'm telling. I mean, I know his main attack is hitting people with his ass. So <laughs> I know right. Oda's listening, but he'd fit in this podcast just fine. I think if we make we make that joke every week. Um, I was gonna say so, like Stephen. I mean, like, what do you think Oda could do for Volume 100? Uh, I have no idea. I I don't know, like, if this is supposed to be indicative of, of something or I, I mean my my gut feeling would say it would just be you know a normal uh volume it would just probably have some pretty awesome content in it and maybe you know they'd be maybe there'd be a bunch of like color spreads because they're commemorating that uh in the manga although actually it would it'd probably reach it before it'd probably reach it in volume 99 or so like chapter a thousand but um yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm sure they're thinking about it, but um, maybe maybe like some some gold foil on the cover or something like that, that or be, like actual uh, color pages like included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be nice. I, there's I, I'm I'm excited. That's gonna be cool. Yeah. I mean, it, what is that next year? I think right. Probably it's like usually yeah. four four a year. I think. Yeah. How many uh, chapters get published this year? <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, I was yeah, say. yeah, absolutely. That's the yeah. big, that's the the wild card. Um, yeah. But uh, as for this volume, it covers, uh, as I said, from nine chapter nine sixty five through nine seventy four. So it is almost entirely flashback. Um, kind of starts with uh, the clash of Whitebeard and Roger, and uh, as I said, it ends with um, back in the present with uh, the worst generation showing up. Uh, after Conjuro's betrayal. Um, 
and we will go to the uh, first SBS, which is a great one to kick it off. Um, it is a uh, we have a uh, bubble uh, off panel of uh, Oda, his little fish head, and he is saying, uh, "Let's start the SBS." And then we have a big old drawing of Odin making the uh, face, and he's like, "Oh, you don't seem to like that." Uh, so uh, Odin does not want to start the SBS. Um, and the first reader says, uh, Hey, this is my first time on the SBS. Um, by the way, Odachi, uh, I saw that there was a, um, uh, there was a, you know, a dirty mag with some, some pretty ladies in it uh, on the ground over there. And then he has in parentheses, Odachi runs off and now start the SBS. And, uh, Oda says, hey, 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 whoa, 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 you can't, what do you mean you just like write Odachi runs off in parentheses? You can't control me like that. That's, that's offensive. <sighs> and there wasn't anything over there anyways. Uh, so he's uh, out of breath from having run over there to look for the dirty mag. Uh, the first real question is uh, about Luffy, says uh, Hesso, belly button. Uh, question is, uh, Luffy gives all kinds of people funny nicknames, but he doesn't give anyone on the crew nicknames. Why is that? And Oda says, I see. Uh, well, you see, the thing about Luffy is um, just kind of as a general rule, he does not feel interested in learning and memorizing the names of others. So he usually just kind of gives them a nickname based on whatever pops into his head, whatever it is about their um, impression that they give him uh, that he he uses to uh, make up his own nickname for them. Uh, but once they join the crew, then obviously, yes, he's going to remember their name. Um, so if he knows your name, he'll call you by your name. That's basically what it boils down to. Um, so there you go. Um, some of uh, Luffy's, uh, uh, his, his inner secrets. Um, the next question is, about the D's. Um, and so this is a, this is one I'm probably going to have to just leave in Japanese and put the translation in parentheses. Cause I was thinking about this and I was like, I don't think there's any way to use the same word. Uh, does the D stand for Debeso, which means an outie belly button. I heard, I heard that the D stands for, for Debeso. Is this true? And Oda says, yeah, it's true. And then <laughs> he, he, he helpfully gives these like serious, it, icons of law luffy blackbeard and ace uh you know off to the side just so you you know you're thinking of of them having outie belly buttons um so, so there you this go this explains a lot so the power exudes right. from the outie yeah. yeah it can't yep. it can't be contained um no it can't and the uh, last question on this page is uh what sensei i've heard uh, did you know that February 22nd is Oden Day. Uh, so, um, you know, so I, I had the idea, why don't we have that be Kozuki Oden's birthday? And uh, Oda's like, oh, okay, listen up. Uh, if you want to just decide all of a sudden on your own, that's the character's birthday, you go right ahead. Um, so it's been a while since he did that because he usually just leaves it up to the website now. But um, that, that seems like a good exception uh, for Oden, since we are in the middle of his flashback, and I didn't know. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Japanese Twitter has that 
you know, on the trending on the day, National Oden Day. Uh, just I think it will be from now on. Yeah, on, on February twenty second. Um, and uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. Then we have the um, the chapter with the Arashi. It's kind of interesting. This volume has two uh, collaboration color spreads in it. It's it's very strange to flip through one piece and you know you see it in illustration and it has like the little copyright things in for the uh, you know the likenesses. There's the these the Arashi uh, collaboration. Uh, which we all loved, as I seem to recall. Uh, just kidding. And uh, and then there was the Hungry Days one, uh, which we actually did love. Um, so those are kind of cool. Uh, but the next SBS uh, is our uh, our header is from, um, let's say, honorary friend of the show, since we never actually interacted with them, uh, 420 Land from Hong Kong. Uh, yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw, saw him post this one, too. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I guess I'm wondering if these are supposed to be like the um, the statues in Kumamoto, but it is uh, statues of Usopp and Sanji, um, and then the B is I'm not even sure. I, it's just on the balloon, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's just like statues of them with a, a bunch of items lying around, uh, piratey looking items. So um, that's kind of cool. Um, the first question is uh from someone who says uh it says that uh nami uh likes all kinds of fruit um but that she especially likes tangerines um does she like all you know orange orange like citrus fruits uh, about the same as tangerines um or maybe she has like a special attachment to to tangerines please tell me and oda's like hmm well you see uh, Nami's favorite fruit or her favorite food um, and fruit in this case has to do with her upbringing. Um, if you go back, this would be uh, from around the second half of volume seven to the first half of volume 10 in the Arlong arc. Um, Nami was raised in a you know a place with lots of uh, tangerine fields. And that was the crop that her late mother uh, was uh, raising and, uh, you know, was around their house. So, um, out of all the fruits, she loves tangerines, uh, especially. Um, so, you know, thanks. Thank you for your postcard. I feel like, um, I feel like whenever there's a really straightforward answer and Oda says, thank you for your postcard. It's sort of like a, like a backhanded thing of like, this is a really obvious answer, but thank you for your postcard. Um, uh, but the reason that he did this, as we will see is in the next question. Uh, from Captain Nobuo, who is one of the frequent SBS question askers. Um, and he says, Sanadachi, give me all of your Nami figures. Um, so these guys have this like rivalry uh, where they keep writing in questions about each other. And Oda's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who do you, who do you think you're talking to? You can't just like talk to him through through me. And especially not for like a dirty question. Uh, and the the picture here is of a uh, one of the the Nami Wano figurines where she's in a very scanty scantily uh, covering a kimono. Uh, and he says, "Look, I was just you know having this nice wholesome conversation about Nami's past, and you're talking about Sanada. So guess what? I am not going to put any of Sanada's questions in here. That's that's a promise for me. I'm not going to put any of them in here. So the next question, of course." is from Sanadachi, and he says, 
please give me the towel that Nami used in the bathhouse. And mm. Oda says, <sighs> get, get out of here. Get out of Get lost, Sonata. Officer, officer, over here. He's over here, officer. So, okay. Uh, there you go. At least the, the cops got him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's hope. That's, yeah. Uh, and the final question here is, uh, sorry for this. This is a weird question, I know. But, um, you know, as the, um, as the sole uh, feminine member of the Akazaya 9, uh, does Okiku only, does she always go into the bath by herself? Uh, and this is from uh, Crybaby Kyoshiro. And uh, Oda says, oh, not at all. She goes in with the rest of them. I mean, she's known them since she was a kid. So... It's uh, you know, kind of classic Japanese uh, you know, if you if you if you know them well enough, you you bathe with them. It's no big deal. So, there you go. All of the bathhouse questions have been answered. On one page. That was the that was the whole thing, wasn't it? <laughs> well, except uh, for that orange question, but that was a setup. Yeah, that was that was largely a setup. Um, the next SBS we have, uh, this is a really cute one. It is a uh, Child Hiyori with Kawamatsu, and they seem to be cavorting with. Uh, I guess these are uh, loaches, um, which are the you know cat like the catfish like um, fish, because one of them is doing the uh, the the loach scoop, the dojo sukui, which is the dance where you you know you scoop the basket up. Oh, okay. um, so they're they're having fun there. It's very cute. I know loaches from Animal Crossing, and that's what's important. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, this whole SBS. So this is like the big question. This is the the informative uh, question of this volume. So Orachi, here's my question. So we got Shimotsuki Yasuie, Shimotsuki Ryuma, Shimotsuki Kozaburo, Shimotsuki Ushimaru. All of these people with Shimotsuki names. Uh, do these have a connection to Shimotsuki Village, Frost Moon Village, where Zoro grew up? And to his teacher, Koshiro, uh, you know, and, and then there was that thing about how Zoro said when he was a little boy that he learned Tsunachi from the old man at the village. Uh, and you mentioned in the SBS in volume 92 that they had come to East Blue. Uh, and so Oda says, ah, yes. Well, see, the thing is, if you, you know, if you if you think about it and you kind of imagine you can sort of piece together how these things all all work out but uh, allow me to explain I'll, I'll just I'll fit it in together um, this is the uh, the general story of Shimotsuki Kozaburo who was the um, the katana blacksmith and swordsman and there's like a little uh, a little silhouette which um, kind of looks a little bit like Zoro uh, Zoro Judo with his his hair tied back um, but uh, we will see and the, there's like a little uh, flow chart here. Um, so this is what Kozaburo, the the oldest member of Shimotsuki that we know of, uh, did. He uh, first he created Enma, and he gave it to the heir to the Kozuki clan, Oden, as a present. And then 55 years ago, he headed out to sea, um, and he had a great big adventure with the samurai of Wano. Uh, then they he landed. Uh, he or they? It doesn't. It's it's not clear. Uh, he landed. Uh, in a place in East Blue, uh, where he saved some people from bandits. Uh, then he was teaching the villagers how to use the swords, and he fell in love. 
So he decided to settle down there and create a village, which was Shimotsuki Village. Then he had a son, Koshiro, and then a granddaughter, Kuina. So there you go. So in other words, the old man from the village that uh, Zoro had interacted with is none other than the Shimotsuki Kozaburo of Wano. Uh, wait, does that mean Zoro's lineage is dot dot dot? Uh, that is all. That's all for today. Uh, as far as the story of Shimotsuki Kozaburo, the samurai who created Shimotsuki Village, uh, bang. So, <laughs> so uh, wait. So boy. his his teacher was the son of the guy yeah. who who forged who left, Odin. Yes. Who who, who, who forged, forged Enma. 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 Yeah. And but, who left? But do we never see the. Do we ever see the? I'm trying to remember Zoro's flashback. We never see his father. The, I mean, we never see no. that guy, right? Kozaburo. No. no. Right. That's why. That's why this came out of nowhere when Zoro was talking about. Oh, I just learned it from the old man at the village. Um, uh, oh, because we, oh, 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 Sunach, the Sunach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Presumably he was. Um, well, he wasn't in the flashback, so he might have been dead by that point. I think that I think old. that 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 solidifies the fact that we're in all likelihood getting another Zoro flashback of some sort. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd assume if not. If not a flashback, flashback, then we're definitely going to get some it's like some, little snippets. Yeah. yeah, some surprise answers and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. about I'm I'm, I'm fine with that since Zoro's flashback is um, short. Very, yeah, yeah, very short. Well, and if he, you know, if he manages to bring in some kind of surprising connections or to make it worthwhile to the the story that we're actually seeing uh, play out in Wano, then that would be super cool. Agreed. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe something more than just like, this is why Zoro gets to have the special sword. Um, yeah, I, kind of, I kind of hope he's not blood related to Wano, but let's see. I don't know. Please, I mean, no, uh, please no Wano hmm. parents. Like, I, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, at least according to this, it it only says that Kozaburu had Koshiro as a son mm-hmm. and then Kuina as a granddaughter. So, right. um, but, you know. It, it sounds like be, all the rest of the Wano people went back to Wano afterward. Or or maybe or maybe some of them settled down in this village and he was just kind of the elder. And so maybe one of those other people was yeah. Zoro's uh, parent. It always seemed parents. like he was a. It always seemed like he was an orphan. You know, I mean, we never saw any parents, right? Yeah. I'm also trying to think, Stephen, if you could recall a time when Oda has telegraphed. I think he has. I'm just trying to remember. Um, telegraphed kind of a flashback like this, and then actually done the flashback. I think Odin's flashback yeah. actually yes. might be the best example. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He might I'm not sure either. He might have said something about Sanji. I I don't remember honestly. <laughs> Ninety six. Oh no, yeah. SPSs. It's a lot. Yeah. I it just seems a little unusual. That's why I mm-hmm. I brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we will move on to the uh, next one. Uh. Which the the header here is a very kind of cutesy chibi version of Sabo riding on the crow, the giant crow. Uh, which we now know was um, uh, from Karasu, the uh, the Revolutionary Army officer. And uh, the first question, this is kind of one that is for like old school jump people, I suppose, um, because this person is saying, uh, Odachi, is, Shinobu, is, is Shinobu's character based on Jane? 
and there's some uh, some pictures here of uh, characters, character from a different series. Um, and but it says, oh, you think so? Uh, you know, I honestly I didn't notice this until partway through myself. Um, so originally his idea for Shinobi, I'm gonna get to the, the he he will explain uh, what this is, who Jane is. But uh, originally my model for uh, for Shinobu was the comedian and actress Naomi Watanabe, which um, I'm not sure how many people are uh, aware of her, but um, she's, uh, you know, she's, she's a very funny, she's kind of similar to, um, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, like, a, like a Melissa McCarthy type, um, like very, very big actress and very demonstrative. Like she's just incredibly funny, like physical actor, does amazing faces. Um, she's very well known in, in Japan. Um, and, uh, so yeah, she's definitely fits, fits, uh, Shinobu's present day character. Huh. Um, but he continues. Last year she was, uh, she was on an episode of uh, Queer Eye Japan. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did not know there was a Queer Eye Japan. Neither, uh, I don't know either. Uh, so, um, he said, yeah, I was, I was drawing it based on her, but then part way through after a while, I realized, wait, I've seen this kind of character before. It seems familiar to me. And then I remembered that it was, you know, my, my Shisho, my art uh, master, one of his, uh, the people that he worked as an assistant for Masaya Tokuhiro, which I believe was the first of the three that he worked with. If I'm remembering correctly. Um, it was uh, a character from his manga, uh, King of the Jungle, Tarchan, uh, or Tarchan, Tachan, Jungle no Oja Tachan, uh, the famous character Jane. Um, and it is a very similar, like uh, when, when Jane was young, she was supposed to be pretty too. So he has this comparison where she looks a lot like Shinobu, uh, where, you know, she's drawn very exaggerated, very wide face, huge, like facial features. And then there's like the the more conventionally pretty uh, younger busty version, uh, and he's like, and then when I realized that I was like, oh my god, that's exactly her! I just completely ripped her off. So that's um, <laughs> uh, that's uh, what Oda's uh, thought process is about that. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I, I've heard of that series, but I've never actually read it uh, myself. I believe that was like an early '90s or maybe late '80s um, series. It's a good example. It's a good example of how there's a lot of stuff in the manga that completely go over our heads in, in the references. <laughs> and yeah. Cause like, yeah. I, I know like reasonably you'll be like, why would he make this choice? And it's like, Oh, well, I guess he's referencing a eighties manga or whatever it is. Right. Um, right. yeah, go ahead. Uh, so the next question this is another informative one. Uh, so it turns out that, you know, we found out that Kawamatsu is not actually a kappa. He is a fish man. What kind of fishman is he then? Uh, and Oda says he is a tiger pufferfish, but he insists that he is a kappa. So let's just say that he's a kappa. Uh, so there Sweet you go. We'll, we'll respect his wishes. Um, uh, and the last one is uh, this is great. I'm glad he didn't, uh, you know, give up on the um, the sword personifications. Oh, yeah. uh, reader Jesus. says. Odachi, uh, you know, Brooks, I want to see the Gijinka, the anthropomorphized version of Brooks Soul Solid. Um, I think that it would be nice if, like Mihawk's sword, it was a woman, because I think Brooke would love to for his sword to be a woman. And he said, and Ryota says, woman, gotcha. And so then he 
he draws her and it's you know predictably this is actually not as ugly but it's it's very much like a a kind of like creepy creepy old hag um especially because he drew her with the sort of like ghostly will the wisp hair that's like floating up but she's going like she's like making (laughs) menacing sounds as uh as brooke uh slices with her so that's pretty good I love all um, the personifications. Yeah, they they're yeah. they're pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then the next, okay, so over the next two uh, SBS pages, uh, this is the um, kind of the big clearinghouse of uh, Oda's sketches for the. Um, this is actually it started up by someone asking <clears throat> about. Um, well, this is actually this is from Four Twenty Land, um, but he was asking. Uh, about a character from the flashback. Uh, I'm not, I guess this is from Roger's crew. Um, it is the, um, the guy with the white hair or the light colored hair and it's like long hair and he's got a ponytail uh, tied up high on the, the back of his head. And uh, he's like, what's this guy's name? And Oda says, ah, yes, that was one of the Roger pirates. Well, you know, I got a lot of questions about uh, the, you know, the, all the members of the, the Roger pirates, um, but I, I only, I have all these rough, you know, drawings, uh, sketches of all of the, the major, uh, members. So I'm just going to like throw them all out here over these next two, uh, SBS pages, um, to, to, to show them off to you. Uh, don't worry. You don't need to know their names. Um, so yeah, we have a whole bunch of, uh, characters here and, um, I haven't gone through and, um, like decided on, Spellings, so I'm just going to be kind of like going off the the top of my head here, just reading them off in the uh, katsukana. Um, but uh, on the first one of these pages, I guess I'll start in the upper left since uh, that is where we have Gold D. Roger, and next to him, Silver's Rayleigh, uh, and then uh, kind of in the middle, uh, there's a uh, the big guy with um, huge huge torso and very skinny legs, uh, and this guy is named. Captain Mugren. Um, I don't know. I might have to. That's like that's captain is in like like a navy captain, like not a pirate captain. So I might change his name to like Colonel Mugren or something, uh, just to make it clear. Uh, since otherwise that might be confusing. Um, and then up in the corner, you have this Smee-looking guy with the uh, stripy shirt, old old-looking guy who's blue blue marine. And uh, then the uh, the one that the uh, the reader was asking about is named Spencer. Uh, and then on the kind of middle row on the left, uh, we have a little little tiny tiny person with uh, big poofy hair, and that is Bankro. Uh, and then there is a um, guy with a long gun and a a fancy uh, feathery hat, and that is Pitamu. It's an odd name. That's uh, a um, very odd name. <laughs> he kind of uh, looks a little Peter Griffiny, so you know. Uh, yeah, the body, body tap a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the right, this I know we definitely saw this character is the big old fish man with the uh, halberd and the mohawk, and that oh, is yeah. the fishman Sambedu. It's great because uh, his his mohawk just looks like a fish fin. So yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know, yeah. or vice, or his fish fin looks like a mohawk. I don't know which way mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah, yeah. And on the uh, bottom row, we have some familiar faces: a uh, ship doctor Crocus, of course, uh, with his um, uh, trademark hair. Uh, next to him, 
uh, Scopper Gabon, the the infamous and all important Scopper Gabon, uh, the linchpin of every theory, and in his extremely undetailed version here, uh, clearly very important. Uh, the, the guy here, I love this guy with the giant. He looks like the moon. He looks like McDonald's Moon Man, and his name is Moon Isaac Jr. Um, <laughs> Mac and, tonight is. Mac tonight. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Mac tonight. Thank you, Ed. Uh, yeah, it's got the big old moon nose, uh, but he has hair and uh, a rapier. This guy might be the One Piece guys. Maybe uh, they just brought him home with them. Uh, and uh, and then in the corner we have Little Shanks and Little Buggy. Um, but there's more, and there's a whole other page of them. Uh, on the next one, uh, we have at the top we have Low Wing. Who just kind of, I don't know, just kind of looks like a schlub uh, to me. Uh, I like the guy to the right uh, with the big old like black jacket. It looks like he has like studs on his either on his gloves or on his shoulders or something. And this guy's name is Gandu. Uh, kind of sounds like a like a movie villain's name or something. Um, the uh, up in the upper left corner. Uh, this kind of guy, the guy with the broken Viking helmet and the big old mace is uh, Mide Pine. And uh, next to him with the fancy hat is Mr. Mr. Momora, um, which is, uh, is funny. Uh, the boy, the guy next to him, uh, Max, Mar- Max, 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 uh, something like that. <laughs> Uh, who looks like a Hunter Hunter character because he's got like as many lines on his face as on the rest of his body combined. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. He's got a he's got an interesting mouth. Yeah. Um, the uh, the character with the long spear and the huge flowing hair is named Yamon. Maybe he's from Jamaica. Uh, the um, the dude with the uh, Hunter S. Thompson hat. And the cigarette in the middle is Elio. Um, on that's the a great far- design. Yeah, that's a cool. design. that, that yeah. guy looks cool. Uh, on the left, uh, with the mop hair, the curly mop hair is Jackson Burner um, with a very long that's arm. That's the most and- normal sounding of these. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> Spencer. Spencer's actually the most Spencer's, yeah. normal sound. Yeah. I grew up with a Spencer. Yeah. Boy. Uh, the big galoot with no neck is Nozdan. Um, and the guy who looks like he came right out of uh, Korea Coliseum next to him is CB Gallon. Uh, and I really like this one on the far right, uh, with the, with just the cloak where you can't see his, his arms and like the, the flaming hair is named Yui. Very different. Yeah, yeah, that looks like it's from a different manga. And yeah, I like that. Yeah. Also with with CB, uh, maybe dress, maybe he's from Dressrosa. Maybe that's like he the is, thing that yeah. we're supposed to get. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the bottom row here, from left to right, we have uh, Langram, who looks pretty cool, pretty menacing. Uh, Doringo, um, with the uh, bat wings. Um, and then there's Taro. With the uh, goggles, and then lastly, uh, Popeye over here in the corner is Don Kino. Uh, I love that the cap, the captain's hat, the ship captain's hat, and the corn cob pipe. Perfect. He's like, uh, love it. It's like the um, skipper from uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, 
<laughs> Maybe that's where he got lost to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then there is one more uh, set of questions here at the uh, very end. Um, this uh, the SBS header on this one is kind of cool. It is um, it, this one came from China, and it is a uh, depiction of Roger Whitebeard and Odin standing around a poneglyph and going SBS as they uh, examine it. And uh, so here we go. Here's the okay. So the question is, uh, Oda Sensei, I think. Boss Kyoshiro is super, super cool. I love him. I want a figure. He's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for bringing this character, uh, bringing him to life. Um, you've brought great joy to my life. Uh, I would love to know what his height and what his favorite food is. And but it's like, ah, oh, Kyoshiro, you like him, huh? You get it? That's cool. I mean, I... I really worked hard to come up with his design. This is, uh, I was very proud of this design. Um, and I've gotten a lot of questions about the Akazaya 9. So I'm going to give you all of their heights and favorite food. And I'll throw in Shinobu and Izo uh, just for kicks. So at this point, and I'm going to need some listener participation here because I'm going to have a bunch of centimeter heights. Oh and I'm going to need a uh, listener in this case would be Zach or whoever else has that link. Yeah, in the chat. Let me, okay. let me get that up. Um, so that uh, yeah, I, I got it. You can go. Okay. Uh, so that we can convert these to, uh, our dumb American sensibilities. Yeah, um, thank you. Cause otherwise I would not be able to do this. No. Go ahead. All right. Uh, we're going to find out just how tall all these samurai of Wano really are. And they're uh, all too tall. <laughs> so we will answer. start off with Kozuki Oden, the mm. uh, the man himself. He is 382 centimeters tall. Yeah, that is uh, 12 feet, six and a half inches. <laughs> totally normal. Totally normal. <laughs> 12 and I, a half remember, <laughs> I remember diving into a pool that was 12 feet deep. Mm, yeah, and, and his hair, you wouldn't even know he was there because his hair would just perfectly be parallel with the top of the water. <laughs> he would, mm-hmm. be, I would, he would be on the monster team in Space Jam. <laughs> oh, my God. Which NBA star would he absorb the powers from? Uh, I don't know. It's a uh, team. Yeah. <laughs> my new bowl. Uh, so his favorite uh Favorite piece of food is everything, Let me guess. everything in Odin. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. And I, yeah, and actually, uh, we will see a pattern here, but Odin's, or uh, Oda, oh God, Odin. Oda's comment at the very end of this is everyone pretty much likes one ingredient of Odin. So uh, we're going to see a lot of these uh, uh, over the course of these uh, characters. Uh, so, second character is Kinemon. He is 295 centimeters. Okay, that is nine feet and eight inches. Well, that's mm-hmm. modest. Significantly shorter than. Oh, how Oden. tall is Brooke? Because they're like the same height, I think. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, sounds about right. It's ten, uh, ten, like ten and a half with the afro. Oh well, afro. Yeah. And uh, Kinemon's favorite food is daikon, daikon radish. Uh, Kanjuro is 347 centimeters. Okay. That's 11 feet, four and a half inches. 
Yeah, he's real tall. And uh, his favorite is cabbage roll. And I believe that is usually like a cabbage around like fried pork or something like that. Uh, I, I would have been I would have been more surprised if he liked something in Odin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Actually, let me see. Is this? Uh, yeah, this is still before because <laughs> the next chapter yeah. is the one where it is revealed that uh, Kanjuro is the, the traitor. Uh, all right. Next Gekka character is uh, Rizo, and he is 311 centimeters. Okay, that's 10 feet, two and a half inches. I would really like to know how wide. Rizos. Damn it, you stole my joke. I was going to say, is that <laughs> wide or is that wide or tall? Yeah. So. They call him the chode ninja. <laughs> uh, so his Don't, favorite. That's not, that's not a title. I wasn't going to respond to that. Uh his uh, favorite food is a gabo maki, which is a uh, burdock root uh, wrap. And that is usually wrapped in like slices of beef. Of course. Um, Goku's so. father wrapped in slices of beef. Mm. Oh, no, that's burdock. Sorry, not burdock. Go ahead. Uh, well, that's what they were, it was based on. I'll, I'll take my <laughs> leave. <laughs> Denjiro is 306 centimeters. Okay. It's 10 feet, um, one half inch. Okay, but how tall is Kyoshiro? Yeah, that would be the thing. With and, the hair. Uh, we, don't, we don't know that, <laughs> fortunately. Uh, no, we don't uh, know. But Denjiro's favorite is Beef Tendon, which if you remember, that was the, um, had a memorable appearance on Oden's loincloth uh, in that uh, in one of his dancing scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have Kikunojo who is 287 centimeters. Okay. It's nine feet, five inches. I believe uh, it was Zoro who said, dang, you're huge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can't hide behind my favorite, that. Yeah. That's my favorite Zoro line. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are the best. Uh, and her favorite is uh, shirataki, which is uh, like clear. Uh, I want to say that is rice. Uh, based noodles. It's kind of like uh, vermicelli type noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Kawamatsu, who is 271 centimeters. Okay. Eight feet, uh, ten and a half inches. That seems about right. He's definitely uh, very squat um, mm-hmm. in his style. I bet Dogstorm is pretty tall. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Kawamatsu's favorite food is egg, but Dogstorm is 511 centimeters. <laughs> God. Jesus uh, Christ. He is 16 feet, 9 <laughs> inches tall. Okay, now we're talking <laughs> about like, buildings. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big dog. Get, get him his t-shirt. Dog. Get him his t-shirt. The big red dog, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah. Did we, did we make this yeah. joke? Yeah. yeah, we did. Um, that was back dog in storm the so. yeah, dog storm the way too big dog. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> he tries to get in your bed and you're like, you're bigger than the bed. Get out. Yeah. And his favorite food is a chicken wing bone in. Who's Perfect. A good boy. Who wants a chicken? Who's a, yep. Who wants a bone? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Cat Viper is 522 centimeters. Holy crap. <laughs> it's the cat's bigger than the dog. That's 17 really feet, one and a half inches. That's a <laughs> big cat. That's a big cat. Well, that's a big cat. <laughs> you grow big when your favorite foods are lasagna and fish cakes. By the way, lasagna, the best ingredient in Odin. Uh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well the fish cake is definitely an ingredient i think oda had to throw that in there just so that he had yeah, the connection I mean, yeah uh but would you believe that is not the largest member of the akaze nine mm. ashira doji oh, no. is 544 centimeters <laughs> that's 17 feet 10 inches to be fair <laughs> to be fair steven he is a mountain man like yeah, there's literally a, a mountain. The mountain of a man. She <laughs> was a mountain of a man. And yeah, he's the Bill Brasky. He, he's the guy you just see the shadow over everyone else at the end of the skit. Uh, <laughs> and his favorite food is a uh, kinchaku mochi, which is uh, it is a mochi that is wrapped in a. Um, uh, like the uh, the fried tofu, like the brown fried tofu with a, a real thin layer of it, and they just wrap it around uh, the mochi, and that is a uh, hmm, it's like in like an inari, kind of, yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar. Mm. Uh, and then Shinobu, who is one hundred and eighty centimeters. <laughs> oh dear, is that like a normal amount? <laughs> she's she's five eleven. <laughs> she's still taller than me. <laughs> by like yeah, but a not few inches me <laughs> shut up shut up steve <laughs> and uh her favorite food is hanpen which is a sort of like processed um it's sort of like a like fish and other ingredients that are ground up into a paste and then it's kind of pressed into these triangle uh, shapes so it's another kind of thing you you rarely see outside of um of odin uh and lastly now this is really interesting izo who we know is the brother of okiku is 192 centimeters six foot three and a half inches so that makes me wonder like does being sent forward in time although does, ashura doji does, yeah. is this like is wano like the the island on lost does it just make you grow bigger <laughs> i believe uh, it i mean like that's was that weird. one of the qualities of the island from lost <laughs> i mean it was weird there was a lot of weird stuff that went on there, there. was a lot of weird stuff yeah i like the magnetic pull of wano makes they you had taller fish cakes. yeah <laughs> And uh, Izo's favorite is Gun Madoki, which is oh man, where did this come? Oh, this was uh, this th that was um, I, I remember explaining that as part of um, uh, it was one of it was also the name of one of Odin's attacks, uh, where the gun it, it's like fake duck, which but it's basically just kind of like a tofu thing, um, but uh, but that uh, in Odin's attack, gun was or gone was literally just gun. Um, so it was gun. By, by the way, Izo liking fake duck. Uh, he is a fake member of the uh, Akazaya Nine because he just abandoned them. Never came back. Never came anyway, back. yeah, I'm a little hurt about that. 
Yeah, so uh, there you go. He says, um, yeah, it looks like everyone pretty much seems to like uh, ingredients found in Oden. So uh, a formative experience for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And lastly, for the SBS, uh, we have a question about Queen, Queen the Plague. In volume 93, which is uh, recently out in English, you can pick it up, uh, he has his little song where he says, uh, if I lose any weight, I'll, I forget, how did I translate this? Uh, if I, I don't have it I, yet. So. It's like, if I lose too much weight, do you, want me to, do you remember I'll the chapter? I, can... Um, I don't remember the chapter. Um, I'll look around. It is, let's see here. Actually, I think I have the, the chapter script. I'm this just curious line. cause I want to hear, no, I want to hear Steven sing it. <laughs> well, I can't sing it, but um, why not? It's uh, let's see. We yes, that's Steven right. Okay, sing. he says, "If I if I get any thinner, I'll steal all of your hearts." So I choose the way I am. I stay funky. Uh, so that was his song. So I, I want to like see it. what happened if he actually got thinner. Please show me Queen when he's skinny. <laughs> and so he draws queen and he basically looks exactly the same. You know, I mean, you know, he's still, he's still no, got he the, the, the big old, uh, the, the Fu Manchu like mustache. Yeah. Thing overalls and, and no shirt. Yeah. So no it's shirt. like when, it's like when Al Sharpton lost all that weight and it's like, that's too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his his cheeks are all sunken. Look, <laughs> <Yeah>. Steve. <laughs> and uh, Oda's like, yeah, you know, some people they just they're just more lovable when they're bigger. Uh, so that's that's SBS. Yeah. <laughs> see you next week, or see you next week. See you next week. See you next volume. Let's try that. Uh, and anything uh, else in the in the volume? Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, sadly, uh, unfortunately, a bunch of, um, you know, advertisements for, uh, you know, things oh like the, the marionette live attraction show, which is not happening right now. So, you know, I mean, we saw it, so that's what's important. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. They, they also printed the, um, I, I guess they never put this in a book before, but they, um, they printed the, uh, the little uh, uh, written message that Oda did about the um, the Netflix uh, announcement um, oh, yeah. when when that made news. So um, you know, it's all all of that the promotional stuff that they did. They they included that in this one. Yeah, and um, we mentioned there's there's a lot of wrenches that are going to be thrown probably into future uh, releases. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, yeah, that is um, that's it for volume ninety six of the manga. I'm Oden, and I was born to boil. Well, thank you for helping us uh, stir that pot. Uh, I'm gonna say that makes sense. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I should I should leave the bad puns to to Stephen here, uh, since he makes them good. Did, someone, uh, did, did Ed hiss at Zach? <laughs> what? No. I <laughs> uh, just I. I I just heard white noise. It sounded like someone hissing at that. I mean, that would not be, I heard that too. It would not be unreasonable. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, 
Uh, thank you, Stephen, for doing what you do best and taking us through volume 96. Do we have a release date for volume 97? Um, no. Well, we have uh, what all I mean, of I think three three chapters right now from uh, no, no. I know, but sometimes sometimes they give a date way in advance. I know, so I, I, uh, I was just well, yeah. I okay, know, I don't think so. Uh, so yeah, well, we'll see. I'm sure that'll be well. Who the hell knows nowadays? I mean, exactly. Yeah, uh, let's let's take it as it comes, day at a time here. Um, let's uh let's move on into the anime recap. Okay. This is the Double Anime Recap for episodes 928 and 929. I'm Ho Sam, and today with me we have, once again, we have our good friend, Jill, and Mr. Chill. Hi, Sam. It's good to be back on. It's been a bit, I think. And there's a non-zero chance that Brian Newton will just, like, pop in when he when he's good and ready, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so the first episode up on our docket is episode 928, The Flower Falls, the final moment of the most beautiful woman in the land of Wano. And the title card begins at 5 minutes and 14 seconds. So the ninjas, they are refusing to stop Orochi from killing Komurasaki. He's the boss of the country, so he kind of gets to do whatever he wants. So we're not going to stop him from killing uh, even a famous Oiran. All the geisha are shocked that Orobi, the geisha that they've just met and have never seen before, is not actually one of them. Yeah, that part's my favorite. They're like, oh, come to think of it. I've never seen this woman before in my life. It's, it's so funny. Um... So the cool, uh, the cool movie five music plays is like Brooke in ghost form appears, and uh, they're calling him the the Gasha Dokoro, which I had to look up. It's it's basically that like giant skeleton you see in uh, in old like yokai art and stuff. Uh, in you know in that one color spread that Oda did where he had like like Luffy and Pedro and Kara and Brooke as like the giant ghost skeleton. That's a reference to the Gasha Dokoro, which they're. Oh, gotcha! The, yeah, in the subtitles. I've, here. I, I've seen that in games. I've just never like knew the name for it, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah if you just look up classic yokai, yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you just look up classic like yokai Japanese demons. This arc specifically is filled with references like that. Nice. I'm glad Brooke has a another time to shine <laughs> as a ghost. That's great. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, Otoko has a very funny like reaction shock, like passing passing out. Uh, she's still doing that laughing and smiling even when she's clearly distressed thing that she does. And so up in the in the rafters in the ceiling, we have the ninjas confronting Shinobu and not well, it's a ninja confronting Shinobu and, and Nami. It's it's a ninja named Hanzo who seems to recognize Shinobu from the past, uh, kind of recalling her as this young, beautiful woman who uh, is known as the man killer. And we get a little flashback of like a young Shinobu, just like gently caressing men's faces and like making them fall in love with her and then uh, attacking them. Uh, but he insults her by saying like, oh, okay, you're, you're definitely not her. Uh, you, you are much too old and not hot enough. So uh, Shinobu responds with the Ninpo ball crusher. <laughs> just like chucks a bouncy ball and it hits Hanzo right in the nuts. 
I don't remember this in Naruto. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, Naruto did have like the butt poke thing. I mean, that's true. That is true. And uh, uh, impromptu, uh, Chinobu calls this the Ninpo Paralysis Jutsu. <laughs> Nami has a moment of, you just made that up. It's the real man killer. Uh, right. So they're, they're falling from the ceiling into the banquet room, like falling on top of Orochi's head. I noticed Panda Man in the crowd, like giving a, a peace sign to the camera. And uh, uh, Kyoshiro, the the, sam- the Yakuza boss, is stepping in. And he's he's talking to uh, Komurasaki like, oh, you shouldn't have done this, Komurasaki. You shouldn't have uh, started trouble. And he asks her, are you ready? And she looks at him and says, I am. So clearly they're in on something together. Which brings us to the eye catch of the episode. The first eye catch... The music kind of uh, the music is continuing to bleed into it. Like they don't do the the specific eye catch music. They just kind of let the soundtrack keep going, which is cool. And uh, when we come back, we get the big scene of Kyoshiro, big animated, very slowly drawn out, but like very uh, well animated as Kyoshiro cuts Komarasaki down and like kind of it's kind of not like it doesn't look like proper blood. It looks a little a little purple, but he slices her open. Blood goes everywhere. Orochi's upset and uh, Kyoshiro's kind of uh, rationalizing his actions like, hey, you know, she crossed the Shogun, so she should die. And rather than uh, taking his anger out on Kyoshiro, the man who just killed her, he starts chasing, uh, Orochi starts chasing uh, Robin and Toko, uh, blaming Toko for the fact that Komarasaki's now dead because if she had not laughed at him, uh, this whole scene wouldn't have happened. Yes, that's clearly how blame works. Um, blame the child. That's uh, accurate. Well, I- Blame the young girl too. Right. Less. Yeah. Blame blame the easiest person to to kill, basically. And uh, so chaos is happening. Uh, Robin has got Toko, and they're running. And Nami summons Zeus and launches a big lightning bolt. And like the whole group of uh, our good guys, they kind of bundle up together and, and fly away on Shinobu's kite. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that Nami just has a part of Big Mom's soul as a pet. Uh, (laughs) then he just appears I'm like oh that's right there he is I love (laughs) ridiculous and uh, we come back to Udon prison and it's a scene with Hyo and Luffy kid has escaped which is a very weird thing to have happen off screen and then we come back to uh, the the adventures of Olin who's being fed by Saru and uh, Saru's given her a red bean red bean soup uh, which in the manga we would know as Oshiruko. And Tama is, T- Tama is suggesting using Big Mom's strength to break Luffy out of prison. And Chopper's like, what? No, that's ridiculous. But they they talk him into it. Chopper has to kind of like uh, tiptoe over to Big Mom and try to ask her for his help. And <laughs> Big, Mo- Big Mom's first thought is just to put her hand out. Paw! Like he's a, like he's a dog. <laughs> That that was great. That whole scene is so good. Yeah, and they begin the the running joke of Big Mom kind of like looking at Chopper like he's food. Love it. <laughs> Even though she's Emerge. supposed to be like kind of friendly and childlike and harmless, but she's still oh, still well, extremely remember, dangerous. It's it's also a callback to how Luffy first viewed Chopper, yeah. right? And and yeah. Sanji, uh, the emergency food supply. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Tama is. Uh, yeah, trying to trying to grease the wheels, and she's telling Big Mom, "It's like, oh, you know, Udon's lead performer also has a lot of red bean soup." 
And uh, the episode ends with Big Mom agreeing to the plan and giving like a big smiley thumbs up. Which is adorable. To be continued. Olin is a treasure in every scene that she's in. The next episode is yeah. uh, 929. The bond between prisoners, Luffy and Old Man Hyo. And we get a little bit of a pre-title card scene of like Conjuro walking in the snow. Uh, considering the things that we know now, like when I saw this, I was like, oh, wait, what's this? What? Like I'm trying to uh, recontextualize everything. Yeah, a lot of this scene, I was like, hmm. This is mm, yeah. interesting now. <laughs> I don't I don't want to spoil too much for the non-reading audience, but in the back of my head for this entire sequence, I'm just like, boo. boo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. When, <laughs> yeah. So the title card of this episode begins at 2 minutes and 52 seconds, which is incredibly, uh, it's very brief on recap. And uh, so the plan, I guess, is that Kondro, he's looking for the five-colored rice that... Uh, Supposedly, Shinobu has left out as like a sign that like, hey, this is where we're, we're hiding out. And uh, he's, so he's reconvening when, with the, uh, the group who was just at the castle. Uh, you know, Nami, Robin, Brooke, all them. Koko. And uh, they're talking to, to Kanjiro. Uh, Kanjiro doesn't recognize Kyoshiro's name. So this, this big, powerful Yakuza boss who's in charge now, he's, he's not somebody that anybody knew from back in the day. Because the old Yakuza boss was a man named Hyogoro the Flower, who was sort of this kind of idealistic, uh, you know, tough guy, but like always stuck, at, you know, stuck his neck out for the, the weak and uh, was full of honor and strength and all that fun stuff. And uh, so the, the women, they all start planning to uh, go take a bath. And they're like, okay, that sounds like great. That sounds, we need a time to relax for a moment. It's a, it's a, obviously this happened in the manga too, the whole bath thing, but it felt so much more like pushed in, in the anime. I was like, oh, we're making plans. What if we just, you know, we feel dirty. Let's go take a bath. And I was like, okay, this feels way more out of left field in the anime than it did in the manga. Um, I, th- I think it's because we know that it's leading to like a certain scene. So it feels a little, yeah. you feel the, you feel the contrivance a little bit. Anticipation. More. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but all. But also considering who's suggesting that also weighs a different sort of connotation to why that was suggested. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, now that you think about now that I think about it, yeah. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. And I and I think it's I have to reread it. I think it might be the same in the, in the manga as well. Huh. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. I didn't I didn't get a chance to double check that. But I was yeah, like, because oh, I had not thought about that. Okay. So yeah. They're planning for a bath. Uh, Robin's ashamed about her lack of information and then proceeds to list all the information that she did get, which is just abundant. It's just very specific, very uh, diligent. Kondro uh, is just am- amazed at how efficient she is. But uh, clearly she, she feels like she could have done more. And Brooke mentions that he found a honoglyph, but not the red one that they're looking for. So... <laughs> remember back in the day when finding a poneglyph would have been like oh my god guys this is it we found a poneglyph here on this island and now it's like a side note be like oh it's not the one we're looking for but it's down in the basement it's when like, we get uh, a chance yeah yeah i want to see this one and i want to see those wooden dolls that he mentioned as well yes that's gonna be creepy i assume mm-hmm. so i'm excited yeah because that brought he like mentioned that but we, didn't, we didn't see the dolls 
It was a couple. It was like an episode or two ago. Yeah. Right. He just had a reaction, and then we never saw what he saw. Yeah. So Sanji now in this other group, he's very sad about Komarasaki. Uh, and then about two seconds later, he notices his uh, raid can and starts thinking about all the terrible things he can use his new invisibility powers for. And uh, the the whole running joke of the scene is Sanji just like finds, just takes every yeah. little thing to be to as as a reason to think about the women's bath. I mean, I'll complain about them going to the women's bath, but I'll be honest, this whole scene with Sanji was so funny. <laughs> like every yeah, moment that he brought it up, I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> it was just good comedy timing on all of it. Agree, yeah. and uh, Usopp and Frankie's reaction to his obvious pervertedness. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're like trying to beat him up for it, and then like the the door gets broken down, and just some kids from the street just like run in and like start playing with the raid can. Right, like that's just a can. What are those kids doing? <laughs> I guess they have nothing to play with. <laughs> kick the can. You can play that. And uh, just... we come back to the big mom pirates who are hanging out down in the water outside of just outside of Wano. And, uh, you know, the main uh, the main faces here are Pero Sparrow, Smoothie, Flampe, Daifuku. They're all kind of talking amongst themselves. Pero Sparrow, he's kind of ready to give up on Big Mom. He's like, all right, we can just become the Pero Sparrow pirates now. But uh, Daifuku is is repping for Katakuri to be the new leader. And there's a big argument about, you know, the strongest versus the, the oldest. But I'm Smoothie's like, like, shut up. <laughs> Come on. Don't uh, don't give up on our mom that quickly. I'm over here like, is Flampe really that good that they're like inviting her to this fight? <laughs> like, we saw her what try to take out Katakuri and. Well, they gotta get once. like a mix of of everyone between you know people hanging out back at home and. Oh, I I actually think the reason why she's there is because she's remember her role in the Big Mom Pirates. She's everyone's favorite little sister. <laughs> right so she says yes yes so she says well who's the, who's the new object of her of her affection now if she's given up on katakuri like who who's she trying to impress oh, now? Like smoothie smoothie would make the most logical sense right because who, who it's definitely not going to be any of the other older brothers none of them are cool <laughs> you don't think daifuku's cool he's got the genie weenie listen big mom loves all her kids oh, just not the ugly ones <laughs> <laughs> god <laughs> so uh we've got big mom and company riding on a something called a sharko dial which uh, they have tamed because big mom got two good hits on it and it's got big giant welts on its head uh you know old you know friendly old olin still you know using that monster strength to make a friend <laughs> yeah make make quote unquote make friends <laughs> Uh, so we have Tama who's talking to Hitetsu on the uh, the the snail, the smart snail, and uh, Hitetsu is kind of he's a little frustrated, but he he's uh, assured that uh, you know with with Okiku there who's kind of helping him out, and uh, I noticed that in in uh, Hitetsu's scenes, the little tanuki pot, like. You know, there's that joke that like Oda was sad uh, nobody picked up on, which is that the the little pad that the the Tanuki has been like standing on this whole time is just its ball sack. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the anime the anime gets a good insert here where like something startles the Tanuki and it like rolls over on its back, and you can see that the the, the pad is like still like uh, right. Uh, it just goes to its crotch. It's it's it is its ball sack. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, God. I don't know. Ball jokes are always so funny. <laughs> we had two in just two episodes. We get, yeah, some some uh, Pompoko stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get the scene about the, the battle cry at Sunachi, which Momo is yelling because Zoro told him about it, saying that it's some word that uh, pumps you up. It gives you energy. And Okiku is kind of surprised to hear this, and she forbids Momo and Tama from saying it. Tama's also, like, getting really excited about it. She's like, yeah, Sunach, I, f- I feel it. I feel the energy. Uh, but Okiku is playing mom here and being like, no, no means no. Don't say that word. It's not appropriate. <laughs> it just sounds like it's like a dirty word or something. I, but, I liked uh, um, how, I don't know, this scene was really good because it really they felt like kids and a mom who was like, no, I'm not going to explain it to you. You just can't <laughs> say it. I don't care if you think it's cool. <laughs> I thought it was a really good scene. Yeah, and uh, we have kind of an extended sequence of Okiku kind of mapping out the geography of Wano. I can't remember if the anime has like made the the Wano map clear yet. She's basically uh, this, this might have been the first time. I mean, it was really the first time in the uh, the manga as well. Yeah, and we're getting kind of a an overview of you know all the different regions, some of which we've seen so far, and you know just sort of pointing out like okay this is where this character was and then they moved here and now this character is over here and this movement over here and now we're here and we're going to move over to this udon that's over here it's like you know uh it's kind of confusing and uh big mom still looking at chopper like food and that brings us to the eye catch of the episode and when we come back we're back in prison and luffy is working out he's lifting some big like hammer stone pick thing uh, that I guess normally it would be like lots of men have to like lift it and use it together. But Luffy's using it all by himself, which impresses Hyo. And uh, Luffy kind of mentions that, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm training. I'm getting strong. I'm going to uh, be the one who fights Kaido. And this is when we are introduced to the alpaca man. Who is just like <laughs> spitting on Luffy and being like, oh, you know that you thought kid guy, right? Is so much worse in the anime. The color of that spit—it's <laughs> like kind of yellowish like, and gross. Almost gagging. <laughs> I, I know that I know it was made a joke on the podcast that the alpaca man will probably sound like a uh, David Spade, but it almost felt like it was the Japanese equivalent of a David Spade in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also meet Daifugo, the Scorpion Smile user, and he's uh, he's picking on Hyo. He's also um, looking for like accomplices and. Uh, wanting to learn about like what's what's up with Yusuke's kid, and uh, he's picking on Hyo. Hyo's trying to protect all the dongo that Luffy's been giving them because Luffy's been handing him all those uh, like food tabs so that he could eat. And uh, Hyo is he's even eating it when it's been like falling in the dirt, and he's trying to protect it with his life because you know Luffy gave it to him, and he's like, I gotta, I gotta respect, I gotta appreciate that uh, that act of kindness. Definitely reminds me of uh, Zoro yes. back in uh, Shelltown. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Daifugu's just like stepping on Hyo over and over again. And uh, the episode wraps up. Like, Luffy, he's still being spit on by the alpaca man. Like their conversations like still going, uh, you know, un- undeterred. But then like Luffy looks over, he sees Hyo getting beat up and uh, he starts to get real serious. And he starts walking towards a- He starts walking towards the scene like he's going to start some shit. But, like, the whole time, like, even as it's getting really serious, they're still just, like, the alpaca man is just still spitting on him. Uh, and then that brings us to the end of the episode, to be continued. General thoughts on these two episodes, you guys. 
I really enjoyed them. I thought they were well paced. Um, the animation was especially well in the first one um, when Komosaki gets cut down. I thought it was such a gorgeous scene. I really actually liked it in like more slow motion. It felt like very old school samurai movie. Um, every like even there is that one scene where just his sword is close to the tatami mats, ready to get like arced into her. I thought that was just really well done. Um, and the the sorry, hold on. Um, so. I really like um, the comedy that was in these episodes. I thought the whole scene with Sanji and the bathhouse was just, uh, or the scene where he's thinking about going to the bathhouse, every single moment that he's just like, just cuts in and their conversation is like, the bathhouse it could be invisible. And he, you could just see him like coming to this decision in his mind. I thought that was really good. Um, and there was just some little things in these episodes I really enjoyed. That <laughs> that last, uh, with uh, Otama's talk to her master, I can never remember his name, Hitetsu? Yes. Yeah, uh, that last literal shot of him where he just screams off into the ceiling. Yeah, he's I so, thought was so great. Yeah, it was. It's just like a little scene. I'm like, oh my god, I feel you, dude. Because uh, I cannot believe that uh, they're like, as an adult. I can't believe these children are going around with this like amnesiac woman they found to go <laughs> rescue someone from a prison. But yeah, yeah I really liked these uh, episodes. I thought they were really fun. Right. Uh... Yeah, uh, I I definitely agree with Jill in the, the previous episode. It was like very well animated, and even the episode before that was also very well done. So there's been a string of like decently paced and like very well animated uh, episodes, and not even just the fact that because um, we all expect it when there's a big action sequence, they're going to put their turbo uh, directors on it. But like the the shot choices were also very effective about conveying the idea. That's why like. Um, the cutting down of uh, what's his Kumurasaki felt so much like a very much like Japanese uh, samurai sem- cinema. I, th- I think that was 100% intentional. Uh, the gags with uh, Olin constantly looking towards Chopper. It's, she's not even just looking at him. She's also like looking at the audience because we know who she is and we know what's on her mind. So like Chopper's reaction to that is also just priceless. Uh, and the like uh, Kiku with the Kiku with the kids very 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 fun uh and uh it, it's interesting i think i've said this on a, on a previous episode of the anime is that i'm i it, the fact that the the labor camp the prison labor camp is set during the day and just the the washoutness of the the backgrounds really is jarring because like in my head it's just kind of like it's oppressive so thus oppression kind of feels like it's a dark area but the fact it's so overly bright and with the color contrast of like, oh, is it Daifuko, the uh, scorpion-headed dude? Daifuko? Yes. Yeah, Daifuko. It's confusing because Daifuku is also in this episode. Right? That's right, on um, the oh, big bomb ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I never want to get those guys confused because, you know, they're so important. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah, like the, the color contrast of like these dark colors popping off this like very intensely bright background, it's, it's it like you can freeze frame an image of this and it feels very unique to not even just uh, uh it feels very unique even for one piece because the color contrast is so huge i think that's all i have to say yeah i thought these episodes were solid uh i think that i, I feel like pacing wise i wish that each one could have had like a little bit more going on uh the that's mostly a carryover from like how how drawn out I thought the episode before these two was with the sort of the build up to Orochi and Komurasaki kind of facing off. 
I th- I think uh, the the key scenes are all very entertaining and uh, uh, engaging to watch. I really like uh, Komarsaki and uh, Hiroshiro. I really liked uh, I, I really liked the, the the you know the Straw Hats kind of jumping back and forth between uh, the uh, the castle and uh, outside the castle and kind of uh, regrouping and and uh, I really like. I, I really like seeing Okiku playing that like mom role. I feel like she she kind of falls into it um, really well. Uh, that's that's I, I feel like that's mostly what I have to say. I, I, I the when we get to the end with like Luffy, he's like ready to kick some ass. Uh, like that's like I wish he was kicking ass in this episode. I, I think it's kind of what my main problem is. Like we, all, like we, all, we all know what's going to happen. We don't have to like uh, tease it out in a cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I really like the the same situation in the manga. I really like where that cliffhanger ended compared to how this anime ended. So I, I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, It's um, always weird to see like someone getting beat up and then Luffy slowly walking towards them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that should do it. You guys have anything else you want to say before we move on to the next segment? No, I think I'm good. I'm all right. All right, let's move on then. All right. This is the piece together segment, and it was born to answer your questions, comments, and theories. I did not know where to be over this week. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do a very, <laughs> very, very quick version of the Piece Together segment. Uh, we have one question in Discord. We're going to save that for next week, so do not worry. Uh, but we're going to do some Reddit. And since Steven has been talking a lot this episode, I am going to ask the questions. First one, Pink Chorizo says, Hey there, OPP. What arcs or parts of the anime would you recommend a manga-only fan like myself? Bear in mind that I tried to jump into the anime a couple times, wasn't able to bear the pacing from episode to episode, but now that I have more time than normal, I'd love me some anime bites. I'm thinking about watching specific fights, moments, or even filler arcs. Uh, Thanks for your work so far, and Stay safe. Even a better time, by the way, since the anime has stopped. Uh, so you have a lot of time. Um, yeah, so anything come up, come to mind for you guys? Yeah, what's the drum drum arc? I'd say Water Seven. Weird. I was thinking Two. of watching rewatching Drum uh, in drum, the dub, Drum is perfect. Least, I uh, think. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know because I've been. I've been watching the anime with a friend who's experiencing the series for the first time, but it's of course we had to stop since uh, the whole uh, thing happened. But I don't know. I, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch ahead. Um, but I don't know. Now I'm kind of curious to go back and revisit some episodes dubbed because it's been a while. But uh, is it? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, Drum Island is the best no, answer, I think, since it's a self-contained yeah. story. It's like perfectly done, perfectly paced, in my opinion, um, and outstanding in in most regards, if not all regards. And it will make you weep, uh, even if you know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, I think the if you're looking for like fights or moments, I think that episode Usopp versus Luffy episode is is super well done. That's that's my. Probably one of my favorite yes. episodes of the anime. Um, 
And I think Robin's flashback might be one of those rare examples of something done better in the anime because of the voice actress mm. who is an actual child. I think that like that brings mm. me to tears every time I watch it um, without fail as well. So it depends if you want to just weep because that's my recommendations here. Um, any other thoughts? Falcon Gales has our second of three questions to those of you who watched the latest episode. What do you think of some of the color palettes for Daifugo? Oh, I did see that. And the ones for Baba Nuki and solitaire seen in the episode preview. Um, I mean, Baba Nuki's elephant is like a mustard yellow. Why? What? God, it's like canary yellow. I have not seen this yet. <laughs> the yeah, I haven't seen that yet either. The color palettes in Wano generally are kind of <laughs> insane, which is, I think, I'm I, sure Oda influenced. Yeah, I like it though. I just I like that one piece is like no, my characters aren't just going to have black hair. Elephants aren't just going to be gray. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yellow <laughs> it makes watching the anime pretty uh, exciting. I guess we got Al uh, Al Pacino down for the most part. But his face is colored in uh, darker. But, oh, I, I, I kept uh, meaning to repost that picture of Al Pacino, uh, which is not his name. Alpaca Man, I think it's his name. Uh, <laughs> really creepily walking behind Luffy because I think it's the funniest fucking thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> but hey, give me the prize. I think I, I yeah, called well. uh, the, the red stripes uh, on his weird little, his his one tight. I, I got a, that. What a weird oh, really? specific. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know what prize I get. ATLA for Life has our final question. What is your One Piece pet peeve? The one thing that you were just unable to suspend your disbelief for, and you notice every time it happens in the series. So for him, it's the massive height disparity between characters, especially (laughs) in the most recent arc. I used to be able to ignore it, but now I feel like I notice it all the time. It was hard for my brain to wrap around the idea that Katakuri was four times the size of Luffy, and they were fist fighting each other, or that Odin is 12 feet tall when Toki is normal size, or that all of the scabbards are 10 feet plus tall what an appropriate question here also by the way it's like if i fought steve you know it's same height disparity as katakuri and Luffy. it's, it's uh, that it, it's true it's 100 accurate 100 accurate he is four times my size um, uh, yeah r- the really. one thing there's two uh one of them uh, I'll save one because Zach might say this for one. Uh, yeah, I know. I think yeah. My biggest pet peeve, and it's been uh, it's been a problem since uh, I think the time skip is a portion of the plot being everyone running away from something. Mm. I'm mm. I'm t- even Whole Cake Island, as good as it was, had that kind of that that lull of everyone running away from Big Mom to get to the ship. It, it's it's brutal. It's happened. It didn't Since quite happen to Fishman Island. No, it did happen in Fishman Island, except it was more so the the citizens of Fishman Island running away because uh, oh yeah, the Noah arc. was going to come crashing mm-hmm. down, and then Punk Hazard, everyone running away from the gas that doesn't actually kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dress Rosa, everyone running from the bird cage, and then Whole Cake Island, everyone running from Big Mom. It's he, he Oda's gone to that well far too many times. It's it's dry. Yeah, 
Steven, I, I, good to go back to the the height thing. I I know that uh, people were having a lot of fun with the like screenshots from Pirate Warriors Four because um, you know in, oh, yeah. in the Pirate Warriors series for the most part everyone is pretty much the same height. Like you you know the character models are all generally the same size, and because they introduced Katakuri in this fourth game, <laughs> uh, he looks like. He looks like when you see one of those fucking clowns on stilts walking around uh, around people. There's just like a man who is three times as tall as everybody else. And it That's looks so Katakuri, unnatural. Katakuri is like built kind of normally, actually. Like, and he has the skinny, tall legs. That's why yeah. it's so surprising he's, and no, difficult. He's hip. He's cool. He's 50. He's wearing his leather pants. <laughs> That's he's true. 50 years old. That's look, I'm not I'm not denying that. Um, but that that's the problem. I it's not so much that there is a height disparity among characters, it's that characters who shouldn't be tall and have no reason to be tall and don't <laughs> look like they would be tall are secretly insanely tall. It makes no sense. And it is I, look, I I completely agree. It's it I it definitely takes me out of it sometimes. I think Carter Curry is a great example. Um and Kinemon a lot of the time I'm like, Oh yeah. Kinemon's enormous. Um, so the thing is, I, I never notice it in the manga and I feel like it, it's like Oda gets yeah. away with it because he can just draw whatever perspective he wants for, you know, it doesn't matter like how tall the characters are. He'll, he'll make it work or he'll, he'll do it in such a way. But whenever you, you remove it, it's, it's sort of like an optical illusion when you move the camera to a different angle Whenever yeah. you put it in a, a different way, like it's animated or in a video game where it has to be a 3D model, and then you can really get a grasp of like exactly how different they are, then it really seems ridiculous. But it never bothers me in the manga. It's weird. Yeah. I, and the one I was going to say is Luffy getting stuck in things. Um, luckily, that, that was a pre-time skip thing more. I can't think of that happening Except when Luffy ran down that well that was turned sideways in Dressrosa, which was so stupid. Um, okay, yeah. That was the other thing I was just going to mention. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like think if there was another um, example That's, of that happening. Steve, go ahead. Sorry. I want him to have it. Oh. Okay. No, that, um, was, that one's Zach's, so I wanted you to, to thank you. complain thank about you. it. Yeah, no, I I got to get stuck in one of those in um one of those uh the Grand Arena tour I think that I went with Greg in third in uh, for one P- one piece podcast goes to Japan so I got to get stuck in a in a Luffy chimney or the Zoro chimney or something I don't know, um, but the thing is that that hasn't annoyed me much recently because it hasn't happened recently. I think the running thing Steve had pointed out to me a little while ago and ever since it's just like oh yeah that is really annoying. Um, that's, so I think see, that's why yeah. I'm I'm so glad that like right now in the manga we're going to Onigashima specifically to fight, and yeah. all of the civilians are back on Wano. So it's like, oh, thank God, we don't yeah. have to see a bunch of people running for safety. Well, the the Hopefully. little grunts, the runs, the whatever you want to call them, I'm sure we'll see some of that. Um, but you're you're right. Just Rosa was like maybe that might have been one of the reasons why it was annoying to me that that arc is yeah. there's so much of that, and yeah. it's not like it hadn't happened a lot before. Um, mm-hmm. that's gonna do it for piece together. Um, unless Ed, you want to complain about anything? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, uh, let's round off. <laughs> 
This has been the One Piece Podcast, episode 617 for April 19th, 2020. Thank you all for coming on the show this week. Uh, on Patreon this week at patreon.com slash One Piece Podcast, we have our One Piece Stampede commentary exclusive for patrons. Um, and we will also have uh, more Davy Jack fights and probably some other cool stuff. So uh, subscribe if you haven't. We're, we're really pulling out all the stops since we all have time to pull out all the stops. And I'll say, I don't know if or when we're doing this, but Steve, we're, we're committing to doing an Animal Crossing episode of some sort of the One Piece podcast for, Patri- for Patreon at some point. Or at least just a Patreon exclusive of some sort. I don't know how or what. The, the world of video game streaming is far bigger than you think it is. <laughs> what? So you're telling me people are able to... No, I'm not, I'm not even going to fake get into this. Anyway, we might do that at some point on Patreon uh, in the next few weeks. So uh, keep an eye on that. I know I have logged at least 60 hours in like 10 days. So... I have a problem. Um, so how could the good people out there contact you guys? Uh, Steven. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Translatosaurus. Um, I, I want to thank also at, at this point, um, Brian and Sam. I think we're both on for the anime recap. I haven't gotten it yet, so I'm not sure. Um, and uh, also Jill, who joined us for our stampede commentary. Um, so check out all their good stuff. Uh, Sam's at Lucky Chainsaw, Brian's at Dark King Zoro, and Jill's at Piratus Unluck. So check them all out on Twitter. Uh, Steve, where can people find you? You can find me hanging out on Twitter and Instagram. Steve Yurko is my name and username. Listen to me on other podcasts. Listen to me on the deep end. Listen to me on Toon Suite and uh, watch Duncanville airing Sunday nights on Fox and next day on Hulu. Uh, Ed, where can people find us? Here's Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I'm Edward E. One Piece. I'm also at Weeb Trailers. Podcast can be found at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash OnePiecePodcast. OnePiecePodcast at gmail.com is our email address. OnePiecePodcast is our Skype name. Please subscribe on SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, or call us on our phone number. Zach? Uh... Ed, that phone number is 347-497-MAJI. MAJI. That phone number, again, 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Anytime. With your questions, your comments, and theories, or why Maru is a mountain of a man. Um, great episode again today, you guys. Thank you for sticking around for a later recording than we usually do. Not too break that wall uh we'll return with trivia next week our manga recap of chapter 978 and we're told that is definitely coming back right steven next week i have seen it i have translated it okay so it's it's there we know it exists it exists (laughs) in some in some way or fashion or form so we will definitely see you uh next sunday for that um and for the one piece podcast everyone my name is zach my name is ed my name is Steve. And we also have Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Bye, Stephen. <laughs> and my name is Stephen. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll see you next week, everyone. Good, good night. <laughs> good night. Mahalo. <laughs> it means family. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we fight together.